So welcome back to the Community Agriculture Project podcast. I'm your host, Emily, and we are now tapping in to season two, episode two of the podcast. So for any of my new listeners here, the Community Agriculture Project is an accessible agriculture directory, and we document and provide insight into local agriculture landscapes and sovereignty-based projects. So today we have a pretty special episode for you. I'm really excited to share about my guests here and their journey that they've been on. Um, The theme of today's episode is really about the outside looking in. So what do the U.S. food systems and farms and gardens how are they perceived by somebody from another country <laughs> and by somebody who's coming here for the first time? So we're going to get into all of that um, with our guests, and I'm going to have them introduce themselves now. So take it away. Um, <clears throat> hi, my name is Maria. Uh, I'm French, uh, but I'm currently uh, in Berlin, where I've been living since September. Um, Last spring, I decided to quit my job in Paris uh, and to move to Berlin. Um, But before relocating, I wanted to travel by myself. I wanted to meet new people and um, to step out of my comfort zone. Um, so this decision uh, led to a two and a half month uh, trip to the US where I worked uh, on several uh, farms alone and with Julien, uh, one of my best friends uh, from France. So hello, it's Julian, the best friend from France. Uh, <laughs> I'm 28 years old. Uh, I live in Paris since like 11 years now. And so last spring, like as Mariam, I decided to, to rent the United States for two months to visit this incredible country. And I had the opportunity to to like discover the three different forms um one in ohio and one in pennsylvania with mariam and one in california in the in the north of the states near to eureka amazing so we're gonna get into the nitty-gritty of what was experienced at all of those farms um but first and foremost the question that i want to ask y'all is why why working on farms you know like there's so many things to see here and there's so many things to experience so what really inspired you to want to visit the farms in the u.s Um, so personally, my, my decision to experience agriculture uh, in the U.S. was driven by a desire to immerse myself in a different world that I knew nothing about. Um, I wanted to uh, share experiences with uh, farmers and also with different roofers uh, from a different part of uh, the world. I wanted also to connect with the American culture. Um, so yeah, for me, it was my first time in the US. 
and I wanted the full American experience, like the real one. So yeah, farm, it was um, accurate. <laughs> um, and when I started doing um, my researches uh, for uh, my trip, I was so shocked to discover um, this very well organized uh, worldwide um, movement uh, called Woofing. So um, yeah, in France I had no clue it existed. Um, so yeah, it was pretty easy to organize and um, also um, like uh, we have uh, common friends uh, in Paris, Simon and Camille, and they shared with, uh, with me and with Julien um, their experiences within the American farming community a few years ago. And I've been, I, I think that like their testimonies have been a great um, source of inspiration for me. Um, so I, at that time I had uh, never studied in agriculture, uh, I had no work uh, experience in, in this field. But when they described um, what the woofing experience uh, had taught them, uh, it immediately appealed uh, to me uh, um, at the time when I was uh, eager to explore a new world uh, before moving to Berlin. So yeah, it was kind of natural, a natural decision for me. Yeah, my first time officially working on a farm was also through woofing and mm. it was in the middle of the winter in on a farm in new hampshire so it was wow. snowing i was staying in this like tiny cabin out out <laughs> in their property that actually the cabin was built when the cabin was built it was built by this couple a man and a woman and at the time the woman was pregnant and they were trying to build the house before she had her baby and the way that they built the house was by using horses to bring like logs and wood out, out of the forest to build this like log cabin. So it was pretty cool. And there's there was surprisingly a lot to do at a farm in New Hampshire in the winter. And <laughs> it also just gave me a lot of perspective of like, what is it? What is a life like this like? So yeah, shout out to Woof and shout out to the Woof experience. I think yeah. um there's so much there. It's very eye-opening. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you say that because my first impression after being in a farm was like, oh my God, I'm so happy to have a job in a office and don't have <laughs> to work in a farm like every day because it's so hard. And I was like, it's like to work with your hands and being outside. Um, mm. I was like... I've got a big admiration for people who do this with this, but I'm like, I'm so happy to don't have this job like every day of my life. <laughs> but it's your your question was like, it's kind of the same answers and Mariam at the beginning. Why I decided to to do some moving in USA? It was more I wanted to visit USA, and after I was like, oh, maybe it's going to be a good opportunity to to go in a farm, but like. To, to get the decision to, to go inside the likes of farming or even gardening, it was more like a global reflection that I, that I had about like global warming. I don't have a lot like eco anxiety. It's not something that I felt like in my daily life. But when I'm thinking about how 
what can I do like in my daily life to be involved in climate change? All of the activities that I loved, they they are really like um, related to a lot of like green gas house emission. Like I don't have like a, a sustainable life in my daily life because uh, it's not because I consumed a lot. It's just because what I love is like to have a lot of like experiences, uh, like just to be happy and to develop myself and all of these like experiences. That it's it's not like natural things. I like like traveling, and when you travel, of course, you even if you took train or like your car instead of plane you're you're moving so when you move you you're just like in, in an action uh, i like like being outside go to parties go to club and i'm like okay well it's going to be interesting to discover some activities or hobbies that are sober or renewable and i was like maybe i have to learn if i love like gathering or taking care of lands because during my free time i just can go like outside and work with vegetables And after it's going to be like more positive to like step in this uh, in this direction. So that's why I say in my in my head like five or six years ago, oh, it's going to be cool one day if, if in your life to have a break and to discover like how we can be more close with the nature. I love that. Yeah, I think being in these environments is is so much. I've heard so many people speak on that where it just really shifts their perspective and also like shows them things for the first time that it's like we're connected with food every day but like how often do we actually see the chicken and like see the goat and <laughs> the goats and see just see these things and experience them um and I think it is important I love what you said about kind of shifting to the slower um lifestyle and being able to be more present with that. So I love it. Um, it's, it's funny because yesterday I was at Versailles Castle with a friend because I've got a, a, Spain, a friend from Spain who is in Paris and he was like, oh, I still want to go to Versailles Castle. Oh. And I was like, okay. And I never went in a past because Marie Antoinette, one of the last queen of France, decided to build a little farm like mm -hmm. at the end of Versailles so you've got like a little cottage like an English cottage and you've got a room for the diary like for the fishermen for the goats for the chicken and I was like my god like five centuries ago my internet gets the same aspirations as me like to be more close with nature <laughs> don't go to class yes. and party in the castle you think she had woofers like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so there's There's so many connections that we can draw like with our food, whether it's climate change, whether it's understanding about our our culture and our our history, our anthropology. Um, and so just to go back to that, like one of the questions that I wanted to ask y'all is like, what what was your first memory related to agriculture and like knowing where your food comes from? Like, do you do you remember that moment for you that you were like okay this is more than just me me eating something you know like there I realized that there's more to this like this drink that I'm drinking it it came from somewhere or like this burger it was once a cow you know yeah Julia you want to 
to answer first? Or? Yeah, I, I think maybe it's... I'm not sure if we are going to have the same answer with Maria, but we both come from the countryside. I think I come from a more deep countryside than Maria. <laughs> she was born like in kind of a city in the French. <laughs> Me, I really grew up in a very countryside, in, in a countryside family. So my my grandfather used to be a farmer and I've got fifths of my uncles who are farmers. So for me, it was like kind of basics, like to be with people who get like cow, pigs, uh, having some vegetable in my garden. So I, I never asked me this question, but like at the opposite, I just remember having a fantasy about like processed food. Because for example, my father uh, like just made his own sausage uh, with like herbs and a lot of things and I dislike it and I just dreamed to one day eat some like processed sausage and I was like when I went to the house of some friend I was like oh my god you're so lucky you got some chips something like this and so <laughs> kind of the opposite so when I just thinking about your question I was like for me it was just natural because I grew up in this like in this middle to have like some vegetable for my garden and things like this and it was more like Oh my god, when I'm going to be adult, I'm going to buy a lot of processed food because I like it. Uh, so that's so interesting because then now, like as you're an adult, you're you're having the feeling of like, oh, what would it be like to return to having a garden, you know? So that's interesting that you that you can like come from that and then go into like, okay, <laughs> I want to experience this like other other side of food and mm. other type of connection with it and then kind of what it sounds like is have a balance of both you know mm. yes and just to to conclude on this it's the question that i like ask to to myself and I, I think i don't know how it is in in united states but for me it was not something like highlighting or being cool to come from like a former family in the french society and when i went at the beginning to to school and to high school and to university I was not kind of proud of this origin and at the beginning I was just not trying to hide it but I'm not I was not saying that and I was just like okay I want like a very different type of life or kind of life that, than my family and I think it was around like 23 or 24 that I was like oh my god but it's so nice to have grew up in, in the countryside and being close to nature and to good vegetable and I realized that in some family my friends The parents didn't really cook because they don't have time. And I was like, mm. wow, I really love my parents for having taking time just to cook a lot of things for, for us when we were children. And Aww. I think just because at the beginning it was like in the society, it was not like a, a very positive things or like a valued things to be like farmer. Wow. Yeah, I feel that. And I feel like in the US, there's there's less and less value that's put on it for so many reasons and so like yeah i think the average age of a farmer in the u.s is like over 60 yeah. and so there's some movements that i know of that's really trying to bring that age down and like incentivize people getting back into agriculture just so that we have more of like The, those local options available rather than just like letting all the food be very commercialized um so that's very interesting thank you for sharing that 
Um, for me, uh, same as Julien, I never ask myself this question, but I, I think it's a very interesting question. Um, growing up in Brittany, uh, which is a renowned agricultural region uh, situated in the, the west of France, I was surrounded uh, by farmers and tractors every day. <laughs> um, so I'm unsure if that's still the case today, but when I was at school, um, it seemed like everyone had a relative involved in farming. So it, it was crazy. And my earliest and, and most uh, vivid memory um, is tied to my family's farm, I would say, because my uncle and my aunt, who are uh, siblings to my mother's, uh, to my mother, sorry, um, still live on the farm where they grew up. So it's it's crazy. And I remember experiencing uh, the farm life when we were visiting them. So I think this is my first memory. Um, and also, yeah, I think that uh, coming from Brittany just gave me uh, an appreciation for agriculture and also a curiosity about where our food and our flowers and our you know, yeah, food in general uh, comes from. So I feel like that makes a lot of sense for, especially because you said, oh, coming to the U.S., like, I really want to experience the U.S. for what it is. And you felt like yeah. you could do that through seeing the farms. So I definitely see that connection there. Ah, mm. uh, okay. So I would love to get into some of the farms that you guys worked at. So there was quite a few um, and I would love to hear about as many as we can get into. So wherever you want to start is cool yeah. with me. <laughs> um, so personally, I worked um, on three, three farms. Uh, I first worked uh, in July for one month uh, in uh, New Jersey, in, in Milford, on a farm called Mad Lavender Farm. <laughs> And uh, the owners, uh, Adrien and Don, are in their 70s now, and they met at 40 years old. Um, and so after being craftsmen for a long time, uh, they took over uh, Adrien's uh, father's raspberry farm uh, when he died, and um, they decided to transform this farm into a lavender farm. Um, so Adrien and Don are two artists uh, full of energy. I admire them so much. Uh, they have a, an amazing uh, social life and a very inspiring life in terms of uh, food education, in terms of dedication to uh, sustainability and involvement uh, in the family, farming community. Like it's insane. Um, I, I loved my experience uh, over there and so I had to take care of the goats, I uh, had to harvest the lavender, I had to um, uh, to, to set up the workshop, uh, um, I had to manufacture all the lavender-based products. It was a very, very comprehensive experience, I would say, and uh, yeah, I loved it. And uh, my second experience uh, was with Julien in uh, August. 
Um, we stayed uh, in Ohio um, for three days. It was not far from Columbus, uh, and it was a flower farm, um, the Mohican flower farm. Um, so the, the owners, uh, Nathaniel and John, they were uh, 25 years old. So it was a completely different, different experience from, from me. And I was so excited to, to share it with Julien. Um, we had so much fun with uh, Nathaniel and John. And so the farm was located in a, in a place or in an area where the majority of people were Amish. Mm -hmm. So I can tell you that it was a completely different vibe from, from New Jersey. Um, and yeah, we had to harvest uh, the flowers, we had to prepare everything for the market. But to be honest, um, we mostly spend time together exploring the area and just enjoy the life <laughs> in the October. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it was so much fun. And we went together to a, a vegetables and a flowers auction on, a, on an Amish farm, which, which was so cool to experience. So yeah, all this to say that um, woofing is also about experiences and sharings. And I think that at that time, it's exactly what I, I and Julien wanted to, um, to experience. And it's, it's exactly what I, we wanted to, to do, yeah. I've never experienced an auction before, like a flower and food auction. You what should, was that you like? Should try. You should try. It was, it was so. It was new. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe this. Um, only Amish people and um, a few visitors. Uh, dogs everywhere. Uh, buggies everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Um, very like old school but people were very kind um but yeah it was it was new <laughs> for us it was so complicated to understand because uh, yeah. <laughs> the guy who leads the auction is not a hamish it's because they need like a special degree and like i think uh, like an accreditation by the state and he was speaking like in a very like special way <laughs> saying like okay we want this flower it's one dollar one to say two dollars it was like like kind of singing and singing it was like one does one does one and it was like <laughs> like if we didn't yeah. understand anything and i was like i was looking at him and i was like what does one 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 does They happened like in a very discreet way, and I was like, "It's totally yeah. like separate world." <laughs> like I don't know where. Yeah, it was. it's totally a new world. Like mm. it's very, very complicated to to describe. To be honest, you should just experience it. <laughs> There, that's so interesting. Like the auction environment as compared to a market, because how would you compare the auction to a market? I guess. I think is the auction, in my opinion, is only open for professional, like for other farmers. Um, oh. Whereas, whereas a market is open to everyone. Okay, so there was also yeah. like, there wasn't just like actual like produce and flowers. There was like maybe equipment there and like no, what no, was no, being no. auctioned. No, no, it was so strange. It was flowers vegetables and fruits 
but right. only for professionals. And so when you think about it, it's fucked up because like we were with Nathaniel and Jan and they're, they're farmers in the flower farm. And like they bought flowers from Hamish people in another farm, which is like, when you think about it, it's, it's weird. And there were also other farmers from a uh, farm from vegetables and fruit farm. And they bought vegetables and fruit from Amish too. But because like it was so cheap. So I think somehow it works. Like the business model it's is okay. I don't know. I don't know how does it work, but it's yeah, it was it was weird. But that's still so super, interesting. super interesting to, to experience. Yeah, that's a very, it seems like the last uh, <laughs> podcast episode that I did was all about like uh, the solidarity economy and different like economic mm -hmm. models. So it would be really interesting to to delve more okay. into that model yeah. for their community sure. and like why it works and how it works. Like that's so interesting. Sure. But interesting I feel like <laughs> auctions, yeah, auctions are are definitely an experience mm -hmm. I feel like I've only ever seen them on TV sounding exactly like yeah how you described it <laughs> with the voice and just the energy yeah no, it was it was it was really interesting yeah and <laughs> and yes if one day you go to Ohio we can send you your rides <laughs> but you have to go there so and and after so this this form, as Mayan said, we go to another form together in Pennsylvania to yeah. go in the very like it was in the it was in the north of the state, like in I don't I don't remember precisely where, but in the countryside of Pennsylvania. It was not close to to Pittsburgh or to mm -hmm. to Philadelphia. It was called Savage Mountain Farm. And it was totally savage. <laughs> it was like at the top. It was wild. It was very wild. It was at the top of a little hill. Um, I don't know why. We, we came in my since like Google Maps or Waze. I don't remember. And they don't really understand that they don't advise us to take a road. It was like a mountain pass. Like very rocky. <laughs> And we were with our car that Mayam calls Nancy. But yeah. it was not like a, a car for mountains. So we were like, we are going to die. What's happened? <laughs> and we arrived at the top of this farm. And the owner just welcomed us by saying, oh, yesterday they, they had a storm. So we don't have electricity. Um, you're supposed to sleep like in this camper and it was like so tiny so we sleep we slept with us in with them in the house and he he has a wife and three children so we arrived in a house like they have some candle it smells like pee everywhere because they can't like touch <laughs> the water in the toilet and we're like okay <laughs> <laughs> we are like it was a very hot house in Ruth, but a very beautiful one. And after the farm, it was like it was funny because it was a farm with 
wide variety of culture uh, and crops. It was like a little bit of pigs, a little bit of mushroom, and a little bit of Ooh. turkey, a little bit of vegetables, a little bit of raspberry, blueberry. So it was very, very interesting. It was, and it was everything in a very natural way. Like all of the animals get like a lot of spaces to to walk or just to to eat or things like this. We saw some some little piglets, and they were like, <laughs> very beautiful and so cute. And yeah, uh, we totally we were totally Love like at first we, sight. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, and it was nice because we just we were just with with them, and in the farm they were like um, another guy who worked there. Like, I don't know, around 30, 35. They were a girl in internship. And just at the, at the end of the property, there, there was a girl sleeping like in a little camper with a boyfriend. And I think she was like Ukrainian or Russian, I don't remember. And she was sleeping there for free. And in exchange, they were building like a new terrace to the house. Mm. It was full of people, but it was it was funny. And it they were they were Mennonites. At the beginning, we thought they were Amish or kind of like this because there was like religion things everywhere in the house. The children don't go to school; they do some homeschool. And we has the ask them and they are Mennonites. Yeah, but I just met there. Sorry, they were just they were considering um, being uh, Amish. Like it was um, a consideration for us at that time, at least. So, yeah, interesting. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah. So, okay. So, like, uh, I have so many questions, but I know that you have one more farm that you worked at, the the one in California. Ah uh, yes, uh, in California. So I was in the north of the state, next to Eureka in Humboldt County. Um, and it was a good cheese farm called uh, Spring Hill Farmstead. Uh, and so it was at the top of a little hill. And there was like 14 goats. Uh, so 14 goats who can have milk. And there were some other old goats on the property. And the farmer was doing a lot of products of dairies, like some goat cheese, some goat cheese with like, she do some cheddar, some brie. Uh, some feta, some ricotta, and after she she go on the market, like on the local market in in Humboldt County, and she she sells the the cheese. So it was a very little farm, but she do all of the production from like the goat to the milk to the cheese. Wow! Wait, so you can make cheddar from goat milk? Can you do that? <laughs> And your, your question it was like, I am, uh, am I able to make the goat? No. Well, uh, you can make cheddar. You know cheddar cheese. Like, uh -huh. did you make cheddar cheese from the goat's milk? Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. She tried to do it. Yeah. No, she, she did. Wow. It, it, it just, it, I think, um, she said it, but it, for me it was kind of young. It was like I think she put it in the fridge for like six months or something like this. And when you when you eat it, it's a, I think it's at the middle between cheddar and fresh cheese. But mm. yeah, you can do me, me either. I was totally surprised. The most surprising was ricotta. I was like, 
you can do ricotta with goat cheese milk. I know. I'm so surprised at like the range of cheeses that that they were able to make just from goat milk. Like, mm. I really only think about goat cheese. Yeah, mm, I think the only cheddar cheese from United States from goats in the whole country. <laughs> but <laughs> yes. So wow. Okay, so. So there's all different, each of these farms kind of have a different way that they are embedded in their community and like engaging with their community. Um, so for example, like the farm in Pennsylvania, they, it sounded like they had a lot of people that could come and like engage with the land and engage with the animals and, and whatever they had there. But how, how do they like, bring their products to the community and like how do they engage with their community in other ways mm. like outside of their their own <laughs> land um, yeah go, go ahead Julia. no maybe you because i will i will say that we only stayed like two days in this farm so it's kind of complicated for us to really understand the links with uh, all of the members. yeah Community. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I agree. It's maybe not the best example, but um, for the Mad Lavender Farm, for example, um, the farm was open every weekend and offered so many activities to do, like workshops about uh, smudge sticks, about composting, about foraging mushrooms, um, about goat yoga, meditation, and so on. So I, f I felt like in this particular case, but I, I guess, I assume in, in every small and local farms, there, there, are, um, there is a, like a real sense of community engagement. And I think that farmers often played um, a vital role beyond food production and flower production and um, because they used to organize a lot of um, events and so they are kind of like they act as a community hubs for uh, events, education, social gathering, like you can do a lot of things in farms whereas in France I don't know about you, Julien, but I've never heard about a farm being open to the public every weekend, doing events and stuff like, to be honest, it was my first time experiences, uh, experience this kind of um, activities in a farm. And I also felt like the communities played um, a crucial role in supporting um, this farm through um, farmers market as you said uh, previously for example but also uh, through workshops on sustainable practices like composting or, or um, foraging mushrooms and stuff so I feel like the, the influence is real between communities and farms um, yeah yeah um... As you said, Mayam, I don't know if I so in my life a farm which is open like every weekend. It's so mm. it's good to be to be open uh, like this. 
and so I think it's kind of the same in the form where I was uh, in September in California. I was really like, it was really surprising for me because I was like, I understood that the form can exist because uh, the form was really open to all of the all of the community. For example, there was like a lot of people who just came for working like for just one day or two days, a month or a week. Um, it was not open to the to the public, but it was kind of. Uh, and a lot of friends of the farmer for to beginning because the farmer, uh, her name is Karen. She's very creative and a very interesting, interesting farmer. She's like I would say sixty. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure what is her age. Uh, <laughs> and uh, all of her friends were really involved in the farm, but in a very cute way. For example, when the goats get births and get new babies she just posts a lot of picture on instagram and all of her friends are like oh my god so nice and i know that at the beginning because she was working for um, a big company before and she get retired from this job the farmer and she decided to open the farm when she gets retired from her from her former job and at the beginning all of her friends just came to milk the goat because at the beginning she wanted to milk goat but just by hand and so a lot of her friends just know how to milk a goat to help Karen and there were farmers around who helped Karen just to bring food to the goat when they have to take the trucks to take some raw in like in like in the supermarket for a farmer and so so like a guy just helped us to do this there was a young man of like 40 or 15 uh, years old who came to the farm because he he met Karen at the market and she he says oh I still want to like see the goat and she say okay just come you want to see the goat and now we work in the farm like I think two hours per month or something like this just to, to be this I was like oh, it's so nice because it's really open to like the village and all people living around but I think the farm is existing now because Karen is very like um, she's very she's very like open-minded and accepts that people came to a farm to give help to her to her and she give cheese next change and I was like oh, it's so nice because it's not like only with money and all about money it's just like it can be an exchange like she produced milk and cheese and people came for like one day mm. and she give cheese next change and I was like it's so funny and the other link with the community so in Ball County there is a lot of students even if it's kind of a countryside, there is a big university uh, in, in Eureka. And so um, when you go to the market, uh, like it's on the Saturday, and all of the students get like some some ticket from the from the town hall, and they can only spend this money uh, for food, but like for sustainable food. They can go to supermarket to buy some food. So a lot of students just come to the to the market and and they buy some a lot of food at this local market and I know that Karen really tried to have prices affordable for all of this community and, and it's so so funny to be in a market and see a lot of very young people come like to buy some vegetables some cheese and 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 I think it's it's nice to like to, to think about okay I know that price are rising like for the food of the gold like the price of electricity everything but like 
we try to, to do some affordable cheese for for everyone. And I think the last thing is like I I met one of her friends and I was really surprised at the beginning because she gets kind of the same lives and careers like she gets a farm next next to a place. But when I arrived, it was not looking like a farm because at Karen, it's kind of the same because she got like a very beautiful house and inside is very like clean and well decorated. And I was like, it's so strange. Is she going like with the goats, like in the field because there is no dust? Because before we were like in two farms, like kind of in, in Ohio and in Pennsylvania, like you can see in the house that they're working in a farm. But I was like, <laughs> No, it's so funny. It doesn't look like a house of a farmer. And so we yeah. went to a house of one of her friends. It, it was kind of the same. It was like beautiful house of an artist. And she said, oh, like around 50, I decided to create a farm in my garden. And I said vegetables on the market. And I was like, okay. So maybe it's a thing in California, like to, when you get retired, <laughs> like you created a farm, like for fun, like as kind of a hobby or... Karen called it like a retirement retirement job and I was like okay it's it's nice so it's like it's I was like I love this way of life and maybe it's it's a thing there I don't know yeah it is pretty amazing that like that between what you said the two people in California and also the people that own the mad lavender farm like those those people all decided to get into farming and like have a farm much later in their life so yeah. I find that really interesting because uh, also just knowing like when I think about the average age of a farmer being over 60 like I think about people that have been pretty much farming their whole lives and like don't really have people to pass down the farm to so yeah that's also such a factor of it of like after these farms get established like who who is gonna take care of them and I think that um you know sometimes the woofing experience can be about that just because you can go around woofing like learning all these different skills of like what it would be be like to take care of animals or take care of the land and so that like maybe in your life like you want to decide to go and do that um and lead a different lifestyle so it's it's cool also to hear about just the different types of environments that you guys were able to experience like one you're like okay there's this like there's this beautiful artist home and she also has this farm and also goes to the market to sell the food whereas you know on the other hand you could just like go and live a very rural life where it's just you and the farm and it's just like all farm all the time kind of thing um yeah it's, yeah it's crazy yeah yeah speaking about influence between communities and farm farm now i realize that i think that social medias play a huge role like in building community and you know I think this is an important, um, a really, really important factor of like how you can build a community. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which was maybe not the case uh, 10 years ago, for sure. Yeah. For sure, for sure. I think that yeah. a lot of the, or at least some farms in the US, like they, 
they seem to be adapting like some farms i think adapt more than others like adapting to the social media and also adapting to this openness of being like okay people have in the us been separated to an extent with their food systems to where a lot of people ain't like interface with their food um at a grocery store or you know a deli or whatever rather than like getting to experience where the food comes from so mm. i think like there are so many farms that that want people to be able to come in and experience that and that lack of connection is something that has been like through time like there's been less connection i would say mm. just because of like the lifestyle shifts um so like the the farms being open to people for those kind of like engaging experiences and also the adaptation with social media to kind of show like cuz uh, people can have an idea of like what a farm might be like they'll be like oh well you know i have this perception of farming like wherever that comes from whether they actually like grew up on a farm or whether they have just seen farms on TV or whatever kind of media they were exposed to um i think it's important for farms to or if if they're able to have a social media presence show that's like farming can be so many things mm-hmm. and yeah it's kind of like unique to whatever that farmer however that farmer is able to like sustain what they're doing they can show that farmers are actually doing a lot more um then you might think especially the young the, the young farmers out there that have a completely <laughs> completely different perspective yes. um and, yeah. and it's interesting what you say because i didn't thought about it, about it before but it's true my am that the, the the farm where i was they would say get like less followers on on your level of but <laughs> she she did a lot with the social social media and i was like maybe it's going to influence her activities because she tried to make it like kind of glamorous like because mm. all of her stuff are purple like you know everything is purple in her form she do some cheese in the shape of a heart and mm. things like this but so at the same, i'm i'm like i think because of instagram like former try to like change her activities into a more glamorous things and try to be attentive like to to how they present it and like how they dress for like the video maybe things like this but at the same time at the beginning i said that when i was young it was not valued to like come from countryside or being a farmer but but when i was like in the farm we just do some video on instagram and i was like but everything in the farm is like instagram compatible i was like you're just with baby goats like this and do some video and people on instagram <laughs> Oh my god it's so cute. What did you do on your, when I wore some farmer's outfits and I don't know I was with something in the farm and I just put a photo on Instagram and people were like oh my god you're so sexy in this outfit I was like just a rocking mm. outfit. Farm there's like, traps. It's kind of powerful so maybe with like social media we are going to have a new trend of like go back to the nature and go back to taking care of the land could be like something cool and valuable. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, Yeah. Yeah. So fa- farming is a new cool. Now if you are a farmer, you you are cool kids. <laughs> right? It's all about those narrative shifts and I really yeah, like exactly. to paint both sides of the picture of being like, okay, yeah, this this actually can be really cool and and sexy and 
all of these things. And, you know, at the same time, like showing the reality of like, even what you said earlier, like it, it is really hard work. And like you said, you were、mm-hmm. thankful for your, for your office job because you're like, oh, I can't do that every day. So just kind of showing that whole spectrum of like what it could be like. And like, even if you don't want to do this every day for your life, then there's still ways that can be really meaningful to get involved that can help. You know, shift your perspective or help you find community and yeah, just just bring some of that balance back.、Mm. So, yeah, I, when you're on Instagram, you don't you don't show the hard work, you're not like, I want to give it up, <laughs> it's horrible. All right, maybe they have to do this a little because you don't like this reality. All right. So, with that being said, then my, my next question is、um, yeah, what are some ideas or practices that you learned or got familiar with on, in your experiences on these farms that you're going to take with you to, to the other parts of your life? Like now that you're in Berlin or in Paris, like back to your, <laughs> back to your life. Um, yeah, go, go ahead, Julian, if you want. No, you can, you can, you can start. Okay. Um, so I have, I have so many things that I experienced、um, in the US that I would like to bring back、uh, to my life here in, in Germany. I am、um, thinking about continuing、uh, to embrace sustainable practices like recycling, composting,、um, and reducing my waste. Um, and also, as, as soon as I have a, a house, not now, of course, but you know, one day, <laughs> I will also、uh, consider starting a garden to grow my own fruits and vegetables and herbs. Um, um, I'm also thinking about, like, we were, we were speaking about community and, and yeah, how to grow a community. I, Like, I'm thinking about the way that farms thrive on、um, collaboration and community support. So, since I am in, in Berlin, I've been considering、um, ways to build a sense of community, kind of, in my neighborhood and also in my,、uh, with my new friends.、Um, so, it's the same kind of long term process in which you will. Uh, invest a lot, but which、um, will also benefit you. So, yeah, I'm thinking about this community concept too. And, and finally, I, I would say that the farms also、um, require hard work,、uh, as we said previously, and dedica- dedication. And、um, farms also teach you gratitude for the lands. And for the hearse. And so it sounds maybe boring or cheesy, but、um, I would like to apply this strong work ethics,、um, appreciation, and also gratitude、uh, to my daily life, I would say. That's so beautiful. I shed it to you. <laughs> I want to be part of your community, Mariam. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> me too. <laughs> and 
Oh, it's complicated <laughs> to give an answer after this one because it's perfect and and me I think um, what I really discovered um, in those kind of form because where I grew up um, the farmers are I think close to their animals but it's different for example with Mariam we visited in like May a farm in France like a, a mm. A milk cheese farm, like it was a sorry, it was a farm with goats, and they only like milk the goats. They didn't do the cheese, but it was more industrial. And when I was in Pennsylvania or in California, I had time to be with animal to understand like their sensitivity, sensitivity, and I already trust in that. I know that animals get like sensitivity or things like this but I never like feel it like you know when I was with the goats at the beginning they were kind of afraid uh, with me and after time time they were used to me and and it was like very like interesting to understand understand their different characters uh, or different moods and in the sense that it was like some goats kind of bitchy and like you felt <laughs> close to them so I was like ah oh, now give like <laughs> let, me, let me be alone and some other ones were like very like want just to cuddle with you so, so I was like okay now I have to think about this sensitivity from mm. animals nature and don't just act like a human who think like human or like superior to the other and and I think it's like the biggest things and maybe what what changed really in my in the perception perception of my life it was kind of like Mariam I was like I think when I'm going to be like 45 or 50 years old I really want to create kind of this kind of sanctuary in the countryside like kind of a place who belongs to me or me and to my friends and it could be like a very cool area where I take out the land where maybe I can have some animals but just the idea to have like your, your own safe place but in the countryside and I really discovered that it's kind of complicated to do it in a city because you're with a lot of people and you're very disconnected from the nature and the different area and I was like okay now I know that I don't, I'm not saying that I want to move like definitely definitively in the countryside but like just for some moment mm-hmm. My my place. And this is going to be my definition of my safe zone. That's so nice. Yeah. Wow. It sounds like it sounds like it was an influential experience. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I don't know. Do you guys have any? Anything else that you want to share or any closing remarks? Um... Maybe just if you if you're looking for a cool roofing, like I think if you want to to discover farming, like roofing, it's it's really a good thing uh, because you are <clears throat> you are not going to work for people as an employee. You are like it's an exchange relation. Uh, because you're here as a volunteer and usually people who did that are really open like if you want to cook or really want to discover a new recipe or new way of working 
so for me it was a, a really it was a big exchange and what i'm going to advise is like if you get the opportunity to discover different places for because i was really happy with mariam to add like three different experiences of roofing uh, and not only one so you get the opportunity maybe to split your travel and say okay i'm going to be one week with this community one other week with this other community and i think it's a good it's a good like good things to discover different mood and different communities and different way of working with with the land yeah and and same as julia i mean if you want to experience something new and uh, meeting new people challenging yourself without having money <laughs> uh don't hesitate to to do roofing and to experience this it's it's crazy <laughs> i love it yeah i think i think it's such a great way to like like you said your intention was in the beginning to kind of get to know the culture of a country or just like yeah. all the different cultures within a country and yeah challenge yourself and and get new perspectives so <laughs> yeah thank you guys so much for sharing all these stories and your perspective i think that yeah it's an important story to tell so I'm grateful thank to have y'all so on here. Mm, thank you so much for having us. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Community Agriculture Project podcast. Be sure to check out our website or our resource hub with resources related to farmers markets, CSAs, educational opportunities, apprenticeships, and more all around the country. And by the way, our resource hub is interactive, so you can make posts on there, as well as search through it for what might be local to you. We are also still running our Artisan Fun campaign, so check out our website or Instagram for how to contribute to that if you're able to. Otherwise, if you can, on Instagram, please share about it and stay tuned for more of our episodes from season two. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll talk again soon.